Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. Welcome back. It is Sunday, November 14th, and this is another exciting episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. I got another dope dig deeper segment for you this week if you were here last week you know that november is hip-hop history month and what i decided to do to celebrate hip-hop history month is explore a decade of hip-hop's history every sunday of november so last week in the dig deeper segment I discussed the 70s, the decade that hip-hop was born. It was full of pioneers and firsts and, and innovation. And this week in the Dig Deeper segment, I am going to discuss the 80s, the jam-packed, full-of-action 80s. And like I said, I'm not going to talk about every single thing that happened in hip-hop in each of these decades, but I'm going to try and hit the important stuff. And the 80s had a lot of important things that happened a lot of important things that were instrumental to hip-hop that are part of hip-hop's foundation that are still being used today so i'm very excited to talk about the 80s in the dig deeper segment this week before i get into all of that i will be giving you a song of the week and the press play segment uh where i keep you up to date on the hip-hop and r&b news that has happened since the last episode now i do want to mention um, in order for you to have the best experience um, with the podcast, with this episode, it's important for you you know, to know about the podcast newsletter. 
The podcast newsletter has links to every single thing that I talk about in this episode. So if I talk about a new Rick Ross song and you're like, dang, where can I hear that? Boom, go to the podcast newsletter. There's a link to that song so that you can know exactly what I'm talking about. If you go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, right on the homepage, there is a spot where you can enter your email address. And every time there is an episode, you will receive the podcast newsletter in your inbox. If you're not feeling that, you know, if you want to take things slow, I understand. Uh, You can still get the podcast newsletter if you don't want it to be on the mailing list. You can go to the newsletter tab at thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com and boom. All of the podcast newsletters from each episode are listed right there. So, house cleaning out of the way. Without any further ado, let's jump into the song of the week. So, last week, uh, what I did for the song of the week was I looked at um, an important date in hip-hop's history for the decade that I was talking about. And then I found a corresponding R&B song that was released around the same time. So, I really liked that and I decided to do that again this week. So, uh the 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 date that i chose was the date that walk this way by run dmc and aerosmith was released so i'm going to talk a little bit about it later but walk this way was an iconic song um where run dmc covered aerosmith's um walk this way song and it really won took hip-hop to new mainstream levels as more people got eyes on it because all of Aerosmith fans now know who Run DMC are. And two, really showed how rock and hip-hop, you know, could coexist and could collaborate and and show the similarities between the two. It was, it was really um, a dope moment for hip-hop and for rock. Um, And so I think, you know, a lot of stuff happened in the 80s, but I think that if I had to choose one thing, I do think that that it was a very important thing. So I found a R&B song that was released within a few months of Walk This Way by Aerosmith and Run DMC, and that is Word Up by Cameo. Now, I'm sure you've heard of Cameo. They were a funk band. Um... I want to say they they formed in the 70s and they were they initially had like 14 people they were called the New York City Players. Um and they became one of the most popular funk soul bands of their era. They sold more than 18 million albums. They topped the R&B charts for more than a decade. They have so many classic songs that are known throughout the culture like they're iconic and their song word up is one of those iconic songs by them it's funky um it's 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 a song that really makes you want to dance and will keep you dancing the music video is crazy it's got lavar burton in it and that definitely helped um helped this song skyrocket it's just a really dope song um, from a really dope era because, like, man, funk is one of the dopest genres in music to me. Like, the instrumentation combined with the energy and even the style. Like, funk is so dope. And um, Word Up is also one of the dopest funk songs. So shout, so shout out to Larry Blackman and Cameo for Word Up. That is the song of the week. Let's jump into the press play segment. 
Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Press Play segment. The Press Play segment is where I keep you up to date on all the hip-hop and R&B news um, that has happened since the last episode. It's separated into three parts. The things that you should check out, the rumor mill and the announcements, and the upcoming and recently released albums. So let's jump right into the things that you should check out. First up, um, Kenny Beats. Kenny Beats is a really dope producer um, who has a YouTube series called The Cave where he invites an artist into his studio. He kind of creates a beat right in front of them and then the artist writes to the beat and goes in the studio and lays it down. It's a really dope series um, if you're really into watching like beats get made and production. It's dope. And then also seeing the artist process from writing uh, to putting something down in the booth. It's really dope. So Saba, shout out to Chicago. Saba uh, brought a couple of his Pivot Gang members into the cave. Um, Joseph Chilliams and I think it was Freshwater. Um, and I'm not sure who the other person was, but... They they accompanied him. You know, Saba's getting ready to release an album probably within the next. Uh, he didn't put a date to it, but I would say Q1 of next year. So, you know, he's he's making his rounds in all of these little places. If you keep your eyes open, you can see the people who are about to drop something because they start appearing on shows like like the cave. Um, but it was dope because not only did you get to see Saba write and spit something dope but you got to see a couple of his pivot gang members do the same and they killed it um so definitely check that out um the bt hip-hop awards i don't know how i missed this particular thing but i forgot the bt hip-hop awards always does ciphers where they get a group of rappers together and they all spit over the same beat and there was apparently a lyricism cipher at this year's bt hip-hop awards this happened about a month ago at this point but it was D Smoke, Grip, uh, the newest signee to Shady Records, Tierra Wack, and Smino. And they they rapped over uh, the DJ Khaled song, Every Chance That I Get, the one with Lil Baby and Lil Dirk. And it was it was dope. They all killed it. Tierra was incredible. I had never really heard of Grip, but he killed it. D Smoke blew it all away, and Smino was incredible. Um all of these these artists um, are dope and lyrical, so it makes sense why they were in the cipher um, and they held it down. So check that out. Uh, Summer Walker was on the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon to perform her song "Unloyal" without Ari Lennox. Um, I think this is one of the dopest songs on the album. Um, it's got an Erica Badu vibe to it. It kind of reminds me of Call Tyrone. Um, I'm gonna ignore the, the you know the the fact that unloyal is not a word um <laughs> but you know i didn't mention this last week i've, I've given uh, still over it by summer walker a couple more listens uh since last week and i said last week that i think the album is good but it wasn't really innovative like it was more the same from summer uh, from what we got on her first album over it and I still I still agree with that. But the more I listen to it, the more I respect like the songwriting of it. Like I mentioned that this song, this album was sadder because like it's it's a breakup album It's really a London on the track disc record. <laughs> um, and the songwriting is just really good. Like the emotion that she gets off. Oh, what's the song? Session 33 is incredible. Just the way she is able to take some of these breakup emotions and bring them to life um and her music is really good 
Um, there was some controversy over the album because London on the track insinuated that he um, kind of produced a lot of the songs on this. Um, and he is credited on the album on Wikipedia. S- uh, Summer Walker got on Instagram and was like, no, that's Cap. Uh, he picked the people, you know, that he, he wanted to produce the songs and then he put his, his name on it. Um, he might have done a wind chime <laughs> somewhere, but unlike the first album, he didn't write or produce anything for this album. And, you know, I believe her. And at the same time, it's like London on the track. Why are you even trying to claim like production for this album? Like she was roasting you the entire album, my guy. Like, <laughs> like the entire album is about you. And she doesn't have nice things to say about you. Like she names drop. She name drops London on the track. It's like, why do you even want to be associated with producing like a diss against you? Like, <laughs> And what I really think it is, is because I mentioned that sonically, I think outside of a couple songs, like maybe the single uh, X for a reason with JT from City Girls and uh, the song produced by Pharrell and the Neptunes. Uh, I can't think of the name of it right now. But outside of those two songs, like the rest of the album really sounds exactly like like the first album. And so it's like maybe London on the track is a little salty because like these other producers were able to replicate your sound like almost exactly. So maybe she either maybe she doesn't really need you at all to be successful. And maybe, you know, your production with her wasn't really what was propelling her in the first place. Like we thought like, oh, Summer Walker and London on the track. That's a that's a dope combination. But like now it's like maybe it was just Summer that was really holding it all down because (laughs) you didn't actually really produce anything on this album and sonically it still sounds the same. So anyway, go listen to Summer Walker's album and check out her performance on The Tonight Show. Some more performances. Thundercat was on, uh, I don't know the name of Colbert's late night show. It's either Late Night with Stephen Colbert or The Late Show. Like all of them sound the same. But (laughs) <laughs> he was on Colbert's show um, with John Baptiste, uh, and he performed Dragon Ball Durag, which is one of my favorite songs off of It Is What It Is, his album from last year. Was that last year? Yeah, I think last year. Um, it was dope, so check that out. Jasmine Sullivan performed Girl Like Me for the OK Not Listen sessions. It's stunning. Anytime I hear her perform anything live, it, it, will, it will stop you on your track. She's an incredible live performer. She has incredible vocals. And you can feel the emotion. It's really palpable. So check that out. A couple new songs. Rick Ross dropped off a new single um, for his upcoming album, Richer Than I've Ever Been. It's called Outlaws. It features Jasmine Sullivan and 21 Savage. When I first heard it, I was like, ah, this is decent. And then the more I listened to it, I was like, ooh, 21 Savage really works here. And it was like, ooh, Jasmine Sullivan's really got a dope hook here. And ooh, they all kind of really sound good with Rick Ross. And then I was like, dang, I think I like this song. Um, so it definitely grew on me. So check out Rick Ross's new single. Also, Beyonce did what Beyonce does, and she dropped another fire track um, for a soundtrack. Uh, King Richard, uh, the movie where Will Smith plays Venus and Serena Williams' father. Um, Beyonce made a song called Be Alive for the for the album, I mean, for the soundtrack to the movie. And it's incredible. 
I mean, it's it's a Beyonce soundtrack song. Like, it's exactly what you think it is. Like, she's hitting the notes, powerful notes. Like, she's giving you orchestration. Like, you know, Beyonce's gonna Beyonce. That's that's really what it boiled down to. And it was incredible. So, check that out. Rumor mill in the announcement, Scarface, legendary rapper, has announced that he is retiring from rap. Um, specifically, um, specifically from rap. Like, he said he might want to do something else like some blues or or something else i don't know but he he said he will have a farewell tour so shout out to scarface he's a legend raekwon another legend um from wu-tang clan announced a new album called scarlet fever set to drop in q1 of next year it's going to be a prelude to another album he's putting out called only built for cuban links part three so i love that raekwon is still making music homie is still dope so i'm excited to hear new music from him Speaking of Summer Walker, her album Still Over It is expected to get between 185 and 210,000 uh, units sold, which would be the largest debut by a female R&B artist since Beyonce's Lemonade in 2016, which is insane. So shout out to Summer Walker. She also could get her first number one album. Um, John Coltrane's album A Love Supreme became the first jazz album from the 60s to go platinum so shout out to that you know people enough people finally i'm I'm sure it has to do with streaming uh streamed a love supreme which was an incredible john coltrane album like if you haven't listened to it go listen to that like it'll put you in your feels like for real um but yeah shout out to shout out to it going platinum i i love that um People are, are showing love to jazz and continuing to listen to the oldies, and they're getting recognized for it. Speaking of recognition, Nicki Minaj became the third female rapper ever to earn a diamond certification. The other two were uh, Cardi B for Bodak Yellow and Lauren Hill for The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Nicki Minaj uh, got a diamond certification for Super Bass, sold over 10 million units. So shout out to her. Also, Nas and Miss Info are debuting a new podcast called The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop. It's premiering uh, in a couple of days, actually, on Tuesday, on November 16th. And um, it's going to explore the evolution of hip hop over the past 50 years and will feature guests that have been essential in its growth. So definitely check out that podcast. It's going to be um your number two source for hip-hop and r&b news you know what i mean um because that that throne is already taken but shout out to nas for trying um but it's gonna be a dope podcast check that out upcoming and recently released albums um just this past friday silk sonic uh the group of anderson pock and bruno mars finally released their album in evening with silk sonic and it's incredible it's short um but it's really really good um the the sounds that they are able to to recreate from a from a like temptations like r&b song to a james brown funk song they they do it so well they're charismatic and it really shows through the music that you can hear it it's it's a really good album it's a really good album so go go listen to that um and then not many other albums of note between this past Friday and like December 10th, like a month from now, like all of the other albums that I was seeing, it was like, I'm not really excited about those, but I'm sure an album that, you know, hasn't really been talked about will release um, in between then and I'll keep you posted. But on December 10th, we're getting three albums, 
Keys by Alicia Keys, her uh, deluxe, or sorry, her double disc album, Fighting Demons by Juice World, the next posthumous album by him, and Richer Than I've Ever Been by Rick Ross. So get excited for those three albums dropping on December 10th. That is it for the Press Place segment. I'm going to take a short break and then I'll be right back with the Dig Deeper segment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. I mentioned at the top of the episode, um, it's Hip Hop History Month. Last week, I talked about the 70s. I'm exploring a different decade in hip hop's history every month of November or every week in November. And so this week, it's time to get into the 80s. You know, the, the 70s represented the introduction, a lot of pioneering as hip hop began to spread and figure out what it was going to be. The 80s represents the diversification of hip hop. You know, it began to develop personality as a genre. And and there were so many different styles that began to branch out from that that foundation that they built in the 70s. Some call the 80s the golden age of hip hop. And, you know, I, I like to relate this to basketball in that if the 70s were that basketball period of fundamentals, slower paced games, um, the old school basketball, the actual basket for a net, like that was the 70s in hip hop. Then the 80s, that was when the players started to get more athletic. We got nets, the pace picked up, the high skilled players began to rise to the top and make names for themselves in the league. Like 80s hip hop is Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain. And, and maybe not Bill Russell because Bill Russell was still pretty, pretty early, but, but you get what I'm saying. Um, the 80s saw many artists take the foundation the pioneers built and they added their own flair to it. Beatboxing was invented as artists like Dougie Fresh and Biz Marquis brought that to life. Marley Marl began to revolutionize sampling drum sounds and instruments in different ways. Big Daddy Kane became known as a pioneer of fast rapping and eventually became known as one of the most influential artists in hip hop. Curtis Blow became a star in the 80s, a huge star in the 80s. Not only was Curtis Blow the first rapper to sign with a major record label, but he also earned the first gold certified rap song with The Breaks from his self-titled debut album. He would release around nine albums in the 1980s, 
like Curtis Blow was a huge deal. Africa Bambata and producer Arthur Baker would introduce new sounds to hip hop as they began to sample electronic music in their music. Planet Rock was the best of that combination. They also introduced the 808 drum machine to hip hop, a foundation, a foundational and important piece of hip hop to this day. They also began to sample everything. Rock began to find its way into hip hop. The Beastie Boys transitioned from comedy to hip hop and became one of the most successful groups in hip hop history. Their debut album, License to Ill, was the first rap album to top the Billboard 200 chart. And that album was certified diamond in 2015. It's Def Jam's fastest selling album. Run DMC also incorporated rock into hip-hop, especially with their historic cover in collaboration with Aerosmith on Walk This Way in 1986. Run-DMC also had many firsts. First gold and platinum certified albums by a rap group. First multi-platinum album uh, by a rap group. First top 10 hip-hop album. Run-DMC ushered in a new wave in hip-hop. In-your-face, sharp, rough lyrics over minimalistic production and a street image to match. Another thing that came along with the 80s, white people began to appropriate hip-hop almost immediately in the early 80s. The most memorable incident of this was Blondie. Blondie was from the New Jersey, New York area, and she and Chris Stein, who's the guitarist for the group Blondie, um, um, Blondie is, people people usually refer to Deb Harry as Blondie because she was the the, the main singer, but Blondie was the name of the group. And the main, uh, the the lead singer for Blondie was named Deb Harry. Let me actually fact check that, but I'm pretty sure it was Deb Harry. Yes. Um, so she and the guitarist for Blondie were friends with Fab Five Freddy. He's an iconic hip hop visual artist. Freddy took them to a rap show. And they were smitten. It was love at first sight. They decided to make their own rap song called Rapture. And it sold a million copies. It spent two weeks at number one on the Hot 100. It was the first number one song to feature rap vocals. And the first major hip-hop song to use original music rather than samples. So, you know, the, the appropriation of the culture happened almost immediately. And this was Blondie after releasing four albums, after making Heart of Glass, like they were pop stars. So despite the appropriation of it all, this did a lot to spread hip hop to to new viewers, to new listeners. I don't know why I said viewers, but you know, I guess there were music videos. Um, the 80s were also when rap battles began to really gain steam. Cool Mo D became known as one of the best battle rappers Um Solo and as a member of the Treacherous Three, live rap battles between the Cold Crush Brothers and Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five further helped to spread hip-hop and establish underground hip-hop crews. Rap also became so much more socially conscious in the 80s. Public Enemies, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back, and especially their single Fight the Power, which was released in the summer of 89. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five's song The Message touched on poverty in the inner city. Run DMC's debut single, It's Like That, did the same. The crack epidemic was ravaging African-American communities in the mid to late 80s, and whether it was MCs rapping about how it affected their lives or ex-dealers turned rappers, it became attached to hip-hop culture. So much happened in the 80s. Like, the 80s was also when hip-hop became, quote-unquote, cool. 
artists began to cultivate looks and personalities that audiences gravitated towards. Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons created Def Jam and launched the careers of numerous artists. Artists like LL Cool J and Run DMC became icons. This was when old school hip hop transitioned to new school hip hop. The sound began to change. There were more catchy hooks being made. Rock and other genres became firmly intertwined through samples. The rhyme schemes became more complex and the flows became more intricate. When Eric B. and Rakim released Paid in Full in 1987, Rakim became known as a God-tier lyricist as he pioneered internal rhymes. And internal rhymes is like when you rhyme stuff not just at the end of a bar. You rhyme like like in the middle, like you rhyme like a middle word of a line to the middle word of the next line rather than just rhyming at the end. So like he pioneered that. He developed crazy flows and cadences and Eric B's heavy use of sampling became influential to the genre. Then the 80s also featured a few more aspects that would grab a hold on hip hop and become a part of its identity. Philly rapper Schooly D and New Jersey LA rapper Ice-T would pioneer gangster rap with its themes of murder, drugs, misogyny, materialism, and violence. And then N.W.A. came through with Straight Outta Compton in 1988 and took gangster rap to a commercially successful level. It was gangster rap's first platinum album, and N.W.A. launched the legendary careers of Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. The misogyny that was ever-present in gangster rap would become an inherent problem with hip-hop as gangster rap became more popular. A problem that is literally still happening today. While Roxanne Shantae did become the first female MC to become popular in the 80s, it became commonplace to denigrate and diminish women in hip-hop's fast-rising popular subgenre. This would never really leave hip-hop, and future subgenres like trap would help these kind of ideas and philosophies, you could say, uh, persist. Despite this, Salt and Pepper and Queen Latifah would become the biggest female rap acts to come out of the 80s. Salt and Pepper released Push It in 1987, and with their debut album Hot, Cool, and Vicious, they would become the first female rap act to achieve gold and platinum certification. They're one of the best selling rap acts of all time, and would also become one of the first female rap acts to win a Grammy as Queen Latifah won a Grammy the exact same night. So they they hold uh, they co-hold that record of the or that achievement of being the first female rap acts to win a Grammy, Queen Latifah and Salt and Pepper. Latifah's song Ladies First, released in 1989, will become a feminist anthem for the time. And then uh, a final thing that's worth noting about the 80s. Um, think of all the artists that I've mentioned, rap artists that define the 80s, Curtis Blow, Africa Bambata. Grandmaster Flash, Run DMC, LL Cool J, Dougie Fresh, Biz Marquis, Public Enemy, The Beastie Boys, Eric B. and Rakim, Roxanne Shantae, Salt and Pepper, they're all from New York. No matter how fast and how far hip hop spread in the 80s, New York still ran that shit. The 90s would see more styles and subgenres of hip hop begin to emerge. And the West Coast would begin to dominate the airplay that New York and New Jersey had a hold on. Artists would also continue to develop hip hop as a style, taking even further the trends from the 80s like hairdos, colorful jackets, big chains and more. But the 80s is 
is what I like to say when hip hop developed a personality. You know, the 70s was about foundation and fundamentals. But in the 80s, the flair started to come out, that charisma, that energy. And people started to recognize hip hop as the the fun, ever evolving, innovative genre that it is. And so next week, we'll discuss the 90s where things really blow up beyond recognition like if you if you talk to members of the 80s about what would happen in the 90s they wouldn't believe you um and the 90s is also um the the hip-hop that was you know when i was born the hip-hop that i might have casually casually heard you know in the early 2000s you know the 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 hip-hop that um, would be the the rising slash old school hip hop that I would you know know from a, a a child or a young boy, um, and so it's the it's the decade that I am most excited to talk about, um, because I think '90s hip hop maybe I won't say more than any other genre, but '90s hip hop I think, um had more of a direct effect on you know what we're seeing today than maybe the two decades before it like obviously the 70s and the 80s everything that happened there nothing that happened now could have happened without those but i think what happened during the 90s had a more direct and lasting effect a more direct correlation to some of the things that we're seeing in the current decade um than the other in the other decades so just a little sneak peek um without giving a lot away um but i'm excited to talk about the 90s next week so that is it for the dig deeper segment and that is it for this week's episode thank you all for tuning in to track number 202 um i'm excited to bring you more content next week you already know what it is subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts the website is thinking outside the boombox.com um you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TOTB the Podcast. Um, thank you all for listening. You already know what it is. This is Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip hop and R and B news. Peace. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.